I was also still in that opening phase where there was a lot of like food being sent to me all the time and like treats uh-huh. and stuff. So I'd like walk everything to the green room, which is wild to think about people using their bare hands to like take community food. I know. Never again. I can't even watch TV anymore. It gives me anxiety to see people. It's so like, stressful. It's so stressful. It's so stressful. When people shake hands on TV shows, I'm like, uh-uh. this is a period piece. My name's Quincy. My name's Kevin. And this is Sentimental Men. But keep your thumb away from that skip button. We're here to talk. And maybe scream. About our favorite women in musical theater. Hi, guys. Welcome back. Oh, my gosh. Quincy, do you think anyone's listening to our second episode? I mean, definitely my mother is. How are you, Kevin? How am I? I am good. I am back at work. And as you know, I work down the street from the Gershwins. So Mm. every time I look out the window in my office building, I see that billboard that's like brains, heart, courage, And also you sent me today, I mean, who knows when this, when you guys will be hearing this, but you sent me the picture of the Music Man marquee that went up today. I did. It's so funny. I was walking from my bike to my office and I passed the Winter Garden and I saw all of the Beetlejuice stuff still up and I was like, oh wow, good for them that they like have a presence this far after they would have uh, been gone. And then I went out to get lunch in the middle of the day and they were putting up the Music Man stuff. It's kind of a weird feeling to see marquees go up for new Broadway shows right now, just because, I mean, Broadway doesn't really exist. It kind of made me feel uncomfortable a little bit. Yeah, it's definitely a little weird. And I just think it's an interesting choice. It's a very declarative statement to put up billboards right now. And it's starting to feel like we'll just never see a show again. (laughs) Maybe so. But listen, you guys can get your theater fix here. At Sentimental Men Podcast. So today, today's guest, everyone. I'm pretty excited for this, and I know you are too. I'm very excited. I think it's a very appropriate guest to have on first. I think so too. She is the current, quote unquote, alphabet, Lindsay Heather Pierce, who we all know from the Glee Project. And Glee will be joining us in a few minutes. I was thinking, because I'm embarrassed to admit this, but Lindsay Pierce or Glee technically, but Lindsay Pierce introduced me to the songs Anything Goes and Buenos Aires. (laughs) That's amazing. Which is the song she sang on the show, if you guys don't know, on Glee, which is embarrassing to admit. But then when you think back to it, I must have been like 11 or 12 at the time. Like that is what introduced me to Evita and Anything Goes was Lindsay Pierce's cover of the two songs on Glee. Yeah. Then I was like, oh, wow, Glee really had a huge impact on my like theatrical, like it really introduced me to a lot of musical theater. Yeah, I know it's very easy now to be so many years removed from Glee and kind of hate it. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like it's it's easy to do that looking back. But at the time, it's like I had friends in high school who got interested in musical theater because of Glee. And like f- from my own perspective, like as a ravenous theater kid in high school, like Glee was my kind of doorway into like pop music that I was just not mm. listening to otherwise. So it's as much as I can kind of groan at it now, it really was important. Very important. Yeah. And I mean, their songs were consistently charting. They were truly on top of the world when glee was at its peak oh. it was big yeah so we're really excited to have Lindsay on super interested to ask about her experiences alpha but just because she took over as covid was becoming a reality in the broadway scene and mm-hmm. people were kind of starting to think what's going on so she unfortunately didn't have as long of a run pre-covid at least as we all anticipated 
Yeah, but what I think is unique about her is that she is of the age that like she has known this musical, I'm assuming for more than half her life at this point. Mm -hmm. You know, she is of the age where she is so she is probably as familiar with this role (laughs) in this musical as we are. Which I guess Wicked is at the point where, yeah, the alphabets now are going to be people who kind of grew up with the show, which I think is really interesting. Um, So Quincy, while we wait for Lindsay, do you want to do this week's Stuck on SJB? Yes. Okay, I was doing my before bed YouTube Broadway spiral as one does. And it was just playing one video after another. And I came across a bootlegged video of Stephanie J. Block in The Pirate Queen. singing woman the song woman which here's the thing that song is incredible and i don't know do you know the pirate queen i know that song exactly. <laughs> i have like listened to it all the way through probably twice i've done it exactly once yeah in my lifetime but i've always known woman mm-hmm. and the hadley fraser had a song in that show called i'll be there that i mm-hmm. auditioned for my college <laughs> production of a chorus line with the thing about that song and first of all i love seeing stephanie j block at like the beginning of her career. She has no idea what's in store for her. And that song is just truly phenomenal and is so difficult to sing. Mm-hmm. But it's so good that I'm confused as to why it's not done more in like cabaret settings by the other like Belty sisters out there, you know? Yeah, I wonder if it's just a little, well, no, it's, I was going to say, is it too circumstance specific? Like that's the thing, not. no, it's very like self it's very on brand i think for you know it's like self-empowerment i can do my own thing right i just think it's such a fantastic song the end of it does get very i would assume vocally tricky it seems like a lot and i will say the video i'm talking about was a bootleg from back in the day but stephanie kind of consistently performs this song to this day Uh i think there's a video as like recently as last year of her doing it do you remember when she tweeted this was like a year ago but she tweeted and she was like attention everybody i am not singing anything above a d anymore i was like honestly good for you well because i remember when i saw her at cafe carlisle i was like how is she going to do this because this is such a tiny venue and all her songs are belty songs and she truly like i was like oh maybe she'll tone it down or maybe she'll sing ballad versions of her songs nope stephanie jeanette block does not tone it down (laughs) just belt drop the mic belt it was oh so good so yeah that is our stuck on sjv for this week were you in a chorus i was yeah who who are you (laughs) i was don in a chorus line the (laughs) nightclub union I was also in a chorus line in college. Wait, can I guess who you were? Sure. If I was going to cast Kevin in a chorus line, I would cast you as Greg or Gonorrhea. What's his name? Mark. Mark. Yes, Mark. (laughs) I was headband head up in the opening number. (laughs) And then I got cut. And then I went and sang in the wings the whole show. But I understudied Don. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, I understudied Don, Al, and Bobby. Oh, wow. But yeah, so I think it's time to get into our conversation with Lindsay Pierce. Thank you so much for joining us, Lindsay. We're so excited. Oh, my God. It's so nice to see you. I guess to start. Yes. Tell us, when did you first hear about Wicked? I think it was right when the CD dropped. I was in a like children's community theater group run by this amazing woman, Randy Linnae. And she was my first vocal coach. She was very sweet. And I knew Adina Menzel from Rent. Of course. 
right. a side rent note. I remember singing La Vie Boheme in my dining room in Modesto at the top of my lungs. And my grandfather, God rest his soul, he lived in the home at the time. And I was like screaming lyrics like, to sodomy, it's between God and me. And my mom was like, whoa. <laughs> Does everyone have that moment where they sing rent? I've had that moment, yes. And I had no, I was like 13, 14. I had no clue what I was saying. And like, there's nothing wrong with a little sodomy. But I was literally like, oh my 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 mom was like Lindsay Papo's in the house <laughs> that going back I knew Adina Menzel and I'd also seen the Rent film which I think was after Wicked it was yeah and I remember that original cast album of Rent and then Adina being in Wicked and I was like man that voice is insane and I all of the girls in that community theater group would always want to sing Glinda or Alphaba and then like I'd I'd be like let's have like I was never allowed to sing the other stuff like it would and it wasn't like mean spirit it was just like everybody had their roles and I was like look at her she's working get her like that was me have any of those other girls reached out in the last year to apologize (laughs) no no but I do remember once I do remember once there was a girl named Caroline hi Caroline if you're listening to this you were always very nice to me thank you (laughs) (laughs) but I remember her and I going to like the county fair in Modesto and singing for good I think that's the first time I ever sang wicked to an audience and I'm sure it was forgettable (laughs) (laughs) Were you singing the alphabet part? Do we remember? Yes, yes. Because Caroline was a soprano and she was like, I'm going to be Glinda someday. I hope she's doing okay. She was always really nice to me. I hope she's <laughs> Glinda one day. Yeah, same. Yeah. Same. So then when was the first time that you saw the show and who was your alphabet? That was 2009 in San Francisco and it was Teal Wicks and Kendra Kassebaum. Oh, I mean. I mean. <laughs> I remember the only images of Wicked being the things that I had seen from the the booklet inside the CD and like the press images. Right. I had somehow missed the Tony performance. So I had no idea that she went into the air. I had no fucking clue. So this was like, I had no like basis for comparison. 17 year old me was just like shook, shook. Shook to my core, baby. Shook to Uh. my core. And I turned to my mom and I was unwell, you guys. And when I say unwell, I mean like, do you need to leave the theater unwell? And my mom was like, are you okay? And I just turned and I was like, I'm going to do that someday, mom. I'm just going to do that someday. And I remember my mom being like, okay, like this is is a huge moment for me. And, And now here we are. And then you did it. Yeah. I wish that I had the program in Jenna Claire's uh-huh. bio is like, she saw Wicked and she told her parents, I'm going to play Glinda. And in my bio, it says, I saw Alpha Fly in 2009. And I told my mom, I'm going to be that someday, or I'm going to do that someday. Cause that is what Get happened out of here. It does not go over my head that like, that's a huge deal. And even, even in my career, like I sang Define Gravity on Glee Project and mm-hmm. I was always like, man, that would be so cool to do. It's going to make me cry. I was like, oh man, that would be so cool to do someday. And I can't tell you how many people, when when the, the the press release went out into the world, they were like, we have been wanting this for you for so long. And I was like, really? <laughs> like, <laughs> things, like it was in, it, absolutely nuts. And like, I feel like Hannah Corno into you kind of marks a new era that's kind of starting with Wicked, where it feels like they're going to start casting. I've also heard anecdotally that they're going to cast like new actresses to play the role. And I think that kind of brings a new life into the show. 
because usually from what I have heard from the other creatives, and I'm sure you guys know all of this and anybody who's listening that that is a huge Wicked fan does know, like sometimes you go to tour first to kind of test Mm -hmm. out and some people like work their way through and it doesn't mean anything most of the time that Mm -hmm. you get like tried out in tour and then we trust you to go to Broadway. But that was kind of like the mythos of it. Right. So I was like, great. I, I didn't, and Wicked was my first Broadway audition ever. So I was like, okay, Alphaba. Yeah. So the success rate is 100. Guys, imagine me getting that call being like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I was literally like, what do you mean? I think I did one self-tape once for like beautiful. Oh. But actually going mm-hmm. into the room, it had never, ever, ever happened. And right. so, but I do remember going into a Jersey Boys tour audition being like, I'm doing it was like 21 and everybody there was like 30 35 which is Uh, fantastic but I was like I am not supposed to be in this call (laughs) what am I doing here what am I doing here and uh and it just never happened and in my mind I was like this must not be what was supposed to happen or I must need to be moving to New York to go and like do that grind and I told my I told my boyfriend at the time before he was my fiance I was like I'm moving to New York and then the Wicked audition came into my email and I was like fuck like oh my god can you walk us through what exactly did you do in your auditions uh, you, you get an alphabet packet you get like a packet of things what does this packet consist of it's so much so much and yet not what you'd think it was i'm not that girl the whole song and then i think it's unlimited my future is unlimited until the end of wizard and eyes i believe the cut because they want that with me sure they want that so bad understandably so we all want that so bad extra extra points if you hold the me into and i'll stand there with a wizard oh you know <laughs> uh then the it's me so if you care to find me it's that for define gravity not no good deed really yeah i was like come on if you want to hear me do some schmacting yeah (laughs) i've been doing this in my bathroom for years i guess they figure if you have the other two you likely can do the last one sure and then it's they do the lion cub scene and the witch fight scene Mm -hmm. and the i did i did all of it in the first audition except for i'm not that girl in my first and on the monday and then on the wednesday Mm -hmm. i went back and i did it all again and i messed up in my cub scene i was supposed to say you're bleeding that like mm-hmm. you're bleeding, it must have scratched you. And I couldn't remember what was coming, but I was staring at this poor girl that was reading with me. And I and I looked at her as if she was gonna say something to me. And she was looking at me like she was gonna like I was supposed to say something <laughs> to her. And I went, shit. And she was like, You're bleeding. And I was like, You're bleeding. <gasps> so I don't know. I don't know if it was one of those like I yelled fuck in my audition and that's why they liked me kind of a thing. But like I literally was like, Do you want me to keep going? I'll just keep going. And they were like, Yeah, just keep going. And I was like, Okay, great. Yeah. And then I didn't hear anything. And I came back here to be with my parents for Thanksgiving weekend. And Mm -hmm. I got an email on the weekend, which an email on the weekend from your agent. You're like, wow, (laughs) what's going on? And she was like, they need you to retake. Something had happened to the file. So they were like, can you go back to the Telsey office in Los Angeles and tape it again? Literally, you guys, I had had a gig that booked me up from 10 a.m. until like 7 p.m. every single day of that specific week. And I said, 9 a.m.? So I went and I did that tape and I guess the overall consensus was if she can do it at 930 in the morning, we're going to assume that she can do it eight shows a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then on the 2nd of January, like a month and a half later, I got the call. Happy New Year. Happy fucking New Year. 
So we we kind of have this theory that every alphabet falls into a category um, where they're either a wizard and I alphabet, a defined gravity alphabet, or a no good deed alphabet. Do you feel like you fall into any of those categories? Mm, I I think in my mind, my goal is to be a no good deed alphabet because I really love that kind of everything is building towards that moment of insanity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that as an actor, I feel like defying gravity is like where I'm at in the character now because man, oh man, what that scene does to me, you guys. Really? Right as I was like beginning to get my groove on my third week, I was like, I cannot let this scene affect me this much anymore. That moment of betrayal with the monkeys for me, like where you you see and you kind of turn around and she goes back to the book and she's like, you can't read this book at all. And I had no idea when in until rehearsal when they said, you know, the reason why it opens like that and it's red is because they're covered in blood from their wings spurting out and you've done this to them. And this is everything that you said you would never do. And I'll tell you what, a woman of my circumstance and like walk in life being responsible for that much pain, maybe mm-hmm. it's fragility, but I was literally like, you can't cry right now. Like Lindsay and Alphaba was like, is that kind of moment of like, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. I'm not. It's the wizard who should be afraid of me. Ooh, mm-hmm. I just got chills. Like, that's really a powerful thing for a woman to mm-hmm. be like, they should yeah. be afraid of me because look at what mm. they've just created. But I really want to be a no good deed alpha because I got to tell you, I have the most fun in no good deed. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so much fun. It's so hard to do. And every time I've run off, I'm just like sucking air. So. Well, and especially at that point in the show, too. It's like you're, that's like mile 24 of a marathon. <laughs> oh my God. So, what do you do during the the day to like prepare for that like how do you do anything or do you just sit down all day I mean I wouldn't be mad at myself if I sat down all day um I think because I had had four weeks of rehearsal my mm-hmm. rehearsal routine really spilled into my show routine oh uh pretty much I would wake up and I'd steam and I'd steam before I'd go to bed. Sometimes I'd ice my knees. I would try to sleep as much as possible the night before because it really is the water sleep routine. Mm-hmm. I've heard it's hard to get to sleep after a show. After a show, I'm like revved. So my post-show routine is almost as important as leading up to mm-hmm. it. Luckily with Alphaba, you got to take your time because it takes a long time to get everything off. And uh, you're the first one into the theater and the last one out, which is its own thing. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I would wake up, I would steam my nighttime routine would be to fill up a glass of water and put it next to my bed so that when I woke up, I would take an entire glass of water and then I'd Mm. sit there and I'd steam and then I'd eat or I, sometimes I would eat first and then I'd steam after just to kind of clear it all up. Sometimes I would have a vocal lesson. So usually Thursdays Mm -hmm. or Fridays, I take voice with Joan later. And so I would go Mm. all the way down to 16th and I would take voice with her and she would kind of reset me. And then uh, if I felt like I really needed to kind of be a little warm by the time I got to the theater. I'd try to call somebody around like three or four, like I call my mom or just to kind of get to get it going. And then I love to get to the theater early. So I would get to the theater like maybe an hour before half hour. And I would I would roll out. I would like try to kind of like roll and do some stretching. And and I was like an open door policy alphabet unless it was like a hard day. So I was just always trying to get to know people. And I'm sure you've heard it in every alphabet interview, getting green is kind of getting ready. I'd suck on a Grothers or something and drink some tea mm-hmm. and just say hi to anybody that was coming in. Sometimes we'd get notes from the stage manager. And then usually the alphabas, at least from my experience, like with friends talking to me about getting green, usually they're done before and they get like five minutes to themselves. Mm-hmm. 
Wicked get done around Glinda. Why does wickedness happen? Oh wow, really? Yeah, and so like I'd get like my hands done and I'd get I'd get everything powdered and I'd have like a minute to myself. And then this is a fun fact that I've actually never said to anybody else, but every time I would pick up my green water bottle and pop like a mint or something in my mouth, and my vocalization would be, and I'll stand there with the whistle feeling things. Okay, and then I'd walk out. I <laughs> got it, and it's good. Yeah. And then I'd go and then stand in the back and man, oh man. So your debut night, did you have a moment when you were standing behind the doors as they're about to open? Oh yeah. It was kind of one of those moments. I felt that way. I'm getting like, my chest is going like, talking about it now. And I remember standing back there and it was do, 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 do. Yeah. She was like, but you must understand it was a long time ago. And I just remember being like, holy shit. And we are both very young. And all I could see was Gina Claire in that blue and me running past and being like, oh, wow. And then everybody started clapping. And I was like, you can cry later. Mm. And then I cried during, I cried during Ozdust because my back was turned to the audience. <laughs> People asked if I blacked out during that performance. And I said, no, but I wish I had. I remember my second show. I hadn't fully allowed myself to like feel yeah. right after right after No Good Deed, you know, <sighs> and yeah. like I did the pose and then you have to grab your cape and you sprint off stage and you turn around and God bless the alphabet team. Alyssa's fanning me. Mary Kay is putting my hair in the bun and everybody's kind of fussing yeah. over you for the very final reveal. Craig saw my face and he was like, how you mm -hmm. doing? And I just turned to him and I went, I don't think I'm doing okay. And he was like, okay, what's going on? Mm -hmm. And he's a pro. Yeah. He's been doing this for years and years and years. And he, it's going to make me cry, but he looked at me and he said that he saw a brand new Broadway performer surrounded by strangers in a place that she didn't know in a city that she did not that she'd moved to a month ago surrounded yeah. by strangers and like I had no familiarity yeah. mm -hmm. which is exactly Alphaba's experience wow yeah 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 and even you saying that that's the first time I viewed you that way because I feel like everyone assumes she's done TV she's got it down but yeah. this was like your Broadway debut it was all new to I you. was fish out of water I was person in the air on a broom and I had a moment of like oh everything that I knew as like pre-show and like taking care of oneself in the middle of a contract mm -hmm. Broadway's different mm -hmm. it does not apply here mm -hmm. or we have to build upon we have to like shift and lift okay Wild. so let's talk about the covid of it mm, all because mm -hmm. you kind of started right around the time when like america was starting to be like oh this mm -hmm. is a thing mm -hmm. what were the conversations like at the theater was were we kind of prepared for this shutdown or was it kind of out of the blue from what i remember on a saturday they were like hey um starting on sunday through may we are not having anybody that does not work at wicked backstage mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then they were like you don't have to do stage door but if you want to you can just like you don't touch anything you you have someone hold up a program or a playbill and you sign it with your pen you don't take anybody's pen and then like three days later it was like no stage dooring at all yeah and then we were all kind of like what's going on yeah. we'd gotten an email that was like you might see like chunks of seats that are empty if you do don't take it to heart people are canceling tickets like it's mm -hmm. not you it's not the show don't be worried yeah they were like don't be worried that the show is not doing well and then that wednesday matinee jenna claire was filming something in florida and so britney was on through pretty much the whole week with me and i remember we we went back we we're waving goodbye and the uh, the curtain went down we both looked at each other and we were like those were empty seats like the theater was maybe mm. half full then the next morning, Alyssa, my dresser, sent me a link 
to, I think it was broadway.com had released the story that it was going to close mm-hmm. at like 5.30. And then slow, quickly after I got a call from our stage manager, the magnificent Mary Beth Abel. And she was like, well, kid. And I was like, I just want to do the show. She was like, you will, I promise. It was kind of like your boyfriend calling you and being like, we're over and I'm not telling you why. Were you like at it long enough to kind of start playing around or was it just all so fast and furious before the COVID shutdown? Um, sort of. I was definitely still in that moment of like, I felt it all, all the time. Like towards, <laughs> towards the end, I was like, oh, in order to create like a sustainable show, I do have to learn where to trim and or find better options to get the same result not so much like it was singing and stuff that was stuff that I knew within like a month or three I would like lock into but the acting Mm -hmm. is kind of what takes a lot of it out of you because it's a lot of alpha is so explosive there's a lot and they want that high stakes intensity all the time uh even moments like uh it's not her she's she has nothing to do with it I'm the one you want it's me like things like that they want that like that intensity yeah they want that they want she's wicked they want that intensity it's wicked right Lindsay Pierce. Lindsay. <laughs> this is so good. Oh my God. That was God. so good. Shut your mouth. Mm-mm. Thank you, you guys. This was absolutely fantastic. This was so fun. Yay. Thank you, Lindsay, for coming. Yeah, Lindsay, you were a fantastic first guest. I mean, she like taught me so much. There was so much that I didn't know. Well, what I thought was super interesting was when she was talking about how she was leading this Broadway show and then, but this is her first time on Broadway. It's her first time she had to uproot her life and move to New York. It was kind of just this crazy moment where I was like, oh yeah, no, this was kind of a total fish out of water experience for you and totally new for you. But I feel like everyone kind of expected her to just have it down because she has been in like the entertainment zeitgeist, you know? Right. The glamour of it all aside, like she did still move across the country for a job. And then on top of it all, it's like, it's your dream job that you've been wanting for 15 years. That's nuts. Especially since it's like the musical theater role too. Like so much pressure. Literally. Oh gosh. We have to have her back. Yeah. I want to see her in the show. I know. Well, we'll go. We'll go the first night. When Broadway is back. We'll go. We're saying it now. Look out for the sentimental men. We'll be there. Hopefully in 2021. God. I love that she is a self-proclaimed defying gravity alphabet aspiring to be a no good deed alphabet. Honestly, she gave me like her sun, moon and rising. She was like, well, (laughs) which I love that for her. I love that. And I think it's cool that we got to talk to her after like she got cut off just as she was like starting to maybe settle into the role. So it's very cool to like see where she was at because I'm sure if we had talked to her now and she'd been doing the show this whole time, it would be a very different conversation. Yeah. So Kevin, yeah. After all that alphabet talk, Uh (laughs) I think it's time for Kevin's Galinda corner. I was thinking about the section of the show that we were talking about with Lindsay. And I was thinking, okay, like, what is Glinda's pre-show? And all I could think about was that picture that kind of recirculated recently of Kristen Chenoweth dressed and waiting to start the show. And she's like laying down in the corset with like the bodice not on yet. And I noticed that her shoes, and I'm assuming the skirt also for dear old shiz, are on under the gown, which is like such a dumb thing to, like, of course she's underdressed. She has like a 10 second quick change. 
I feel like so much emphasis is put on like the Alphaba pre-show because it's interesting with the paint and all of that. But like, I would love to hear like what a Glinda does. And I mean, they're all, they're all different. I'm sure because there's not like that consistency of all having to get green. Is the Glinda makeup that complex? I don't think it is. Or intricate? I think Glinda is more about the wigs than the makeup. She wears a lot of wigs because she has the opening wig, the shiz wig, the popular wig. It's funny that you even notice, I promise you, Kevin, I have not noticed Glinda's hair change in the bajillion times I've seen Wicked. Quincy. I just don't pay attention to Glinda, I think. (laughs) Wow, you really, you do keep up with the Glindas. Here in Kevin's Glinda Corner. Well, Quincy, this was a wonderful Thursday evening talking about Wicked with you, and I can't wait to do it again. I had so much fun, Kevin. I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week. I'll talk to you in 10 minutes. Talk to you in 10 minutes. Bye, girl. Bye, guys. You've been listening to Sentimental Men. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Quincy Brown and Kevin Bianchi. Thanks to Julia DiMarzo for our thrillifying artwork. And thanks to you for tuning in. You can reach us at sentimentalmenpod at gmail.com or on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at sentmenpod. That's S-E-N-T-M-E-N-P-O-D. Till next time, I'm Quincy. And I'm Kevin. This was wonderful. You guys are so good at this. Keep that on the record. You're so good at this.